Welcome to Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors, brought to you by UEA. Each month, we provide the latest information you need to guide your students through their journey to university, plus hints and tips to help support you in your work. We know you're busy, so we keep each episode to around 20 minutes, just long enough for a cup of coffee. So, pop the kettle on and let's get started. Hey, welcome back to a new academic year and to Nurturing Bright Futures, the HE podcast from UEA. My name's Alex and this month I'm joined again by Lydia. Are you there, Lydia? Hi, Alex. I'm here. We're going to be joined later by James from the Business School. But first of all, I just wondered if we could have a quick chat about what we're going to be able to offer teachers and advisors this term. Yeah, definitely. With obviously um, everything going on at the moment, we're going to be doing uh, a sort of more virtual offering. So we won't be doing any face-to-face talks or sessions just for everyone's safety, really, because we're in and out of different schools every day and every week. So that's something we're going to review from January onwards, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So for this term, we're going with a virtual approach. We'll see where we're at in in the new year and kind of go from there. So yeah, we've got a number of webinars that we can run for for groups of your students, whether this is something like a personal statement session that might be useful for your year 13s, or perhaps it would be choosing a university course introduction to university for your year 12s who are starting to think about it i've got a number of different talks and sessions that we can run virtually for you Um, and we also do some for for parents and and carers as well all of that we can do is a time that sort of suits you and we can either use our software which is simply we set it up at our end you click a link and then you join the session. You don't have to download anything. Or if you're using software already within your school, we can obviously work with you to, to use it, that, do it that way instead. So we can do what works best for you. We're, we're, everyone's going to have to be a bit flexible, aren't they? So obviously if, if yeah. some schools do go into lockdown again, we can adapt that so that we can deliver to individual students at home. Or if people want to log in as a class, we can do that as well. So I think the, the key message is just have a chat with us and we'll support mm, you with the, the technological and logistical side of things. Yes. And what about things like HE fairs? We can help with doing more virtual HE fairs. So if you've got a a number of university representatives that you want to bring into school as such, so they have the opportunity to talk to your students, we can we can definitely be involved with that. I've been to a couple in in the last few months, so before the summer, virtual HE fairs where each university has a, a virtual room as such and we would chat to the students when they come in. So either by just messaging us and typing a little chat message or they can unmute their microphone and ask a question. It's definitely something worth thinking about. Probably works better than what people would think. I think, sure. yeah, I think the technology has really come on, hasn't it? So, so as yeah, well definitely. as schools and colleges running their own fair, there's also sort of UCAS and I think, is it is it what uni are running virtual fairs as well, which will, will be... Yeah, they are. So yeah, there's a number of them. So yeah, UCAS, uh, UK Uni Search, What Uni Live, lots of university kind of search companies are running events which are yeah, they're always free for for students to attend um, and they kind of go into like a virtual exhibition hall and they can click on the different university logos as if they're kind of visiting the stand and then there's people like myself at the other end and we can chat to them and answer any questions they've got definitely worth something looking into so we've been running a number of virtual open days and i know we've got another one coming up in september 
and the technology for that was I was really impressed with so I think it is worth as, as teachers and advisors just having a login and, and having a look for yourself so you can see what's on offer now with all the sort of 360 degree tours that you can do and um, you know being able to live chat an academic I think is really nice because I think perhaps it could be a bit daunting to ask a question of an academic at a face-to-face open day so I think it's mm. a really nice opportunity to have that anonymity to be able to ask those questions directly to academics who you know are, are sat at home waiting to, to chat online so I think it's the, the virtual open days especially are a great opportunity so um, yeah do encourage your students to sign up to them I think if you can yes um, and they've got so, no excuse because they haven't got to travel they can no, do it from the comfort of their no own. <laughs> exactly they can do it in their pajamas which is great <laughs> um so i think i, I guess the, the final thing i wanted to flag is online guest lectures which i'm sure some of our listeners will be familiar with so mm. um we're continuing with those with channel talents i know the offer has been adapted so again if you've got students at home or if you're in a class together we'll still be able to do channel talent sessions won't we yes you can still tune in as an individual or through through the school and so have we got some of those coming up this autumn yeah we have we have quite a few in a variety of um, subjects so there's a psychology one computer science there's also going to be one on the US election day so it's like an election special from our American studies department so that sounds quite an exciting one um, isn't there a health one Alex as well they've got a new style session called a think tank where they'll have panelists who are all under the umbrella of health but from different disciplines students can submit questions in advance and the panelists will kind of debate about it about the questions so I think oh, that okay. that'll be a really interesting one there's a few coming up like yeah, that yeah definitely lots of different sessions that are um going to be sort of running yeah good mix coming as you say brilliant thanks Lydia I think the, the key message there then is although we are not doing face-to-face this term there's still loads of opportunities and there's, there's no need mm. for anyone to miss out on any of this guidance that we no, can offer. definitely not Subscribe to our podcast now and make sure you never miss another episode. This afternoon, we are joined by James, who is um, our Associate Professor in Accounting at Norwich Business School. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about the the different business courses that we we offer at UEA. So, James, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Hello. Wonderful to to, to have you on the podcast to to chat about the the business school. It's always very popular with students and teachers and careers advisors are always asking us lots of questions. So I suppose the best way to, to kick it off would just be, could you talk a little bit more about Norwich Business School and the sort of different courses that we have at UEA. Um, I'll start with talking about how we split up our degrees at the moment because we have sort of two families of degrees. We have a BA family and a BSc family. It tends to be people get sometimes quite confused about those titles but they're not that important to worry about. It's just knowing that there's sort of two families of degrees and Mm -hmm. what we've tried to do as, as an overall structure is think about what these families represent if you like. There's three main skills that we want students to be able to develop. We want them to be able to develop their creativity skills, their innovation and their analytical skills. And all degrees on both of those families do those three things, but it's the, there's emphasis on different ones of those. So, for instance, the BA family of degrees, we emphasise the creativity part of that. There's a bit more coursework on that pathway. There's more project work. There's more teamwork. There's an optional big project they can do at the end they're still going to look at innovation of course and analytical skills are vital no matter what degree you do Um, but it's just a leaning towards that creativity side for those students that are more that way 
In terms of the BSc side, what we do is we emphasise the analytical skills a little bit more. It's those more core math skills, if you like. Doesn't mean there's not maths on the BA, of course there is, but mm -hmm. it's more of those harder analytical skills that we emphasise on the BSc. We've tried to do that to give students the, the best chance of doing well, depending on what their what their strengths are. With both of those, do they sort of share a similar course structure in terms of the modules and the flexibility, or are they quite different in how they're sort of set up? I'm glad I'm glad you talked about flexibility because I think that's UEA sort of key strength is always thinking about flexibility. So just to give an idea, on the BA side of things, we have the BA in business and entrepreneurship, the business and human resource management, the business management, international business management, and marketing and management. And all those degrees share a common first year. Now, there's okay. a couple of good reasons for that. Um, one, you need an all-round understanding of business. No matter what area of business you go into, you need a general understanding of all areas of business. But also, what that allows you to do is it allows you to change onto any of those other pathways at the end of your first year. Because quite often, students, they don't necessarily, they might not have studied human resource management before. They don't know. And so it's an experienced product. So it's nice to have that year, get a taste of all those subjects. And then at the end of that first year, you can jump onto any of those other degrees seamlessly. So really, you're only signing up for a family of degrees rather than a specific degrees. If we look at the sort of BSc degrees they're accounting and finance accounting and management business analytics and management business finance and management and digital business they share a first year so you can switch on to any of those other degrees at the end of that first year now those two families the first years are different now okay. it doesn't mean you can't switch between a BA and a BSc degree, but it just means that if a student ever wanted to do that, there would have to be some bridging work, some summer work over that first summer to kind of do that. But switching within the family mm. is dead easy. At the end of the first year, you can kind of do that. Especially because a lot of times students, they know they're interested in something business related, but they're probably not quite sure what area. So having that first year to get a taster, you're not kind of tied into something. And uh, what I forgot to mention was, of course, all those degrees, they come with a, a year in industry element, if, if mm. students wanted to do that, or a study abroad year, if they wanted to do that. But again, that's about flexibility. Even if you sign up for one of those degree pathways, you don't have to do it. You can drop out of a four-year degree and go on to a three-year degree. It's worth noting that it's more difficult to do that the other way so if a student does really think they want to do a four-year degree with a year in industry or a year abroad it's important they kind of sign up for that at the beginning but they can always drop off it for most people university isn't about developing themselves as a researcher some do obviously and mm. go on and do PhDs and what have you but a lot it's about their vocation where is it gonna lead and so we do an awful lot of work at MBS around employability yeah. so we have talks from various employers we have an employability week where lots of activities are put on about employability it's something that we like to think happens straight away semester one term one employability isn't something you wait till year three to worry about it's something you start thinking about in year one and we've got a 
great career centre called Career Central who we work really closely with. And even if you don't do a year in industry, uh, we're really keen on promoting in chips in the summer holidays mm. more more likely you're likely to get those in the second year summer holidays because we're found you know at a 12 well even a six week 12 week internship gets you a, enough employability experience than necessarily an entire year you mm. know you're still likely to i think statistics are like something like 70 percent of people who do internships get off the job with those internships so again it's all that flexibility you don't have to do a year it can just be a holiday activity you know it's about trying to build that all the way through their degree so that when they come out they know what they're doing they've got the the skills to go with it i suppose as well find out actually what it is they're interested in because they do an internship somewhere that they don't find overly interesting they know maybe that's not the career path for them so it helps in, in that sense as well doesn't it oh absolutely um, we have a a thing which is also fairly unique i think to uea we have the uea award the way to think about it is a bit like uh, a duke of edinburgh award so mm. there's um bronze silver gold levels to it and um, what it does is it records all your employability skills, if you like. So it could be work you do behind a bar, or it could it could be anything. It could be volunteering, all those that stuff outside the classroom. And it records all those skills in a portfolio way, so that when you leave UEA, you can go out with, hey, like, here's my good degree, but also here's my UEA award. And it shows all the skills that you've evidenced. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lovely way to actually go to an employer and stand out. Definitely. To have that alongside a degree is very, they're very impressive. Are there sort of challenges or kind of entrepreneurship type? Um, I'm thinking about the apprentice here, which is such a cliche, and I shouldn't be saying that at all, but other things that the business students can kind of get involved in that unrelated to their degree, but still something they can get stuck into. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Many of our modules have an employability prize that runs with it oh, so okay. I, I think one of the most interesting ones is there's um an adnams prize adnams the local brewer yes. um, um, sponsors one of the uh, marketing degrees and as part of their coursework they have to do either an advert or a poster and that's always judged by adnams at the end um, mm. which again is great for people to not just do coursework but make it real do it for somebody for someone to look at for someone external to judge and I think they get great experience for that we also do the university business challenge and we've always had a couple of teams get through and again that's quite nice at the semi-final and final stage uh, we'll take a group of students that's usually either Edinburgh or London depending on how it works obviously at the moment and and put them up in a hotel and you, I, I think from a student's point of view the academics is only half of what a degree is about. Hmm. A degree is about all those extra stuff that you do on top of those, those extra responsibilities. It's always about encouraging students to get involved in university life is so, so, so important. Yeah, it's not, I mean, I know when I was at university, I the degree was the reason you're there, but there's so many other things you can get involved with and sort of skills you can gain. When we spoke about the course structure earlier on, I know we briefly mentioned how the BA degree maybe has a little bit more coursework compared to the BSc that might have more exams, but obviously it would probably depend on, on modules. But what is the general assessment of the business course? Is it is it a mix? And what's the sort of teaching style? Do we do lectures, seminars? Does it 
vary depending on which course you're on. I think what's happened, obviously everyone knows how teaching and learning has changed with this, mm. with this current crisis. And I think what it's done is it's accelerated what was already happening, but it's just pushed it five or ten years in the future instantly. Yeah. And we're all getting we're all getting our head around that and, and what that means. But I, I think there's certain things we won't go back to. I don't think education will look the same, be it school education, be it university education, will ever look the same again. You're right in terms of it depends on what modules you do. And, and just specifically talking from an accounting point of view, our BSc degrees lead to, or many of them, give you quite a good number of exemptions for things like ACCA, ICAW, or the little less well-known one called SEMA, which is what I'm a, a member of, management accounting. And they do require more exams in order to give those exemptions. So then those modules tend to be more exam-orientated. Others tend to be more of a blend of, of coursework. Mm. But what we're, what we're trying to do with coursework, traditionally, people might think about university as big lectures, small seminars, lots of essays, exams at the end, and you got your degree and that was it. Yeah. That was certainly my experience, you know, with, with my degree. But it isn't like that anymore. You know, we've got to provide people with coursework so they can develop the skills that they're going to need. Because I think this is the frightening thing. I mean, when I, when I talk to students at open days, you know, I'm looking at them thinking, we're trying to give you a qualification which is going to future-proof you for the next 50 years of your work in life, <laughs> which is an awful long time. And if you just think 50 years ago what the world was looked like compared to what it looks like now, it's really difficult. So it's about thinking, right, what are the skills that are going to future-proof you for the next 50 years? And we know artificial intelligence is coming along fast, even faster, again, because of this crisis that's accelerated that. So it's kind of my belief that any job which is repetitive, no matter how complicated it is, if, if a job is repetitive in nature, it isn't going to take that long before it's going to be taken over by artificial intelligence. But it is about thinking about what the opportunities are. So what are the key skills that a business graduate is going to need? And I think if I really had to distill it, it would be down to these two things. It's the ability to provide insight. So it's ability to take that data which is out there and actually give that data meaning. You know, anyone can collect the data. Machines are going to collect the data. We need individuals with the insight to look at that data and monetize it, provide it with meaning. Mm. But then you also need to be a good communicator. So, you know, communicating to customers, communicating to management, communicating to the markets, whatever that is. You're going to need to be a good communicator in this digital world. So that's what we're trying to do with lots of our assessments. And I'll give you just an example on one of the modules that I, that I work on. I work on the uh, advanced management accounting, a, a third year module. And in the past, it would have been a written assignment on, on a various uh, management accounting topic. What we're changing that to now is two bits, a group video presentation and then an individual video presentation because that's the way they're going to communicate. That's how they're going to communicate in the future. They're going to have to be able to do it physically, but online and digitally and, mm. and make all those things work. So that's the what we tend to think about with our coursework is developing those skills. And of course, they would be in human resources or digital business or, or, or whatever the discipline is. But it's about creating 
or giving students the opportunity to develop those skills of insight and communication because that's the thing that humans are still going to be doing mm. in 50 years so that's what they need to be able to do this is going through to our teaching as well i think there's a real fear about this um online learning stuff which is obviously happening quite a lot at the moment and we just don't know what's going to happen in a year or two's time but i think there's going to be elements of this which are going to stick and are actually better than mm. necessarily face to face and i'll give you an example uh in my first year i teach large groups they have been up to 500 and the lectures are really interactive but still there was a limit on what they could do i can use technology mm. people's phones uh, we can talk about do polls during lectures and what have you but now that i'm online i can have a chat bar running against my lecture and people can now contact me in a way that they wouldn't have to put up their hand because no one puts up their hand in a 500-seater <laughs> lecture. No. no one no one does that. But now, of course, they've got a chat bar. They can ask me questions as we go along, even with 500 people online. So it, it gives me that access to people that I wouldn't have had before. Mm. So it's not always bad. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a feeling that face-to-face -face is brilliant and technology is bad. No, it's about the right pedagogy for the right activity that you're trying to do and sometimes that can work online and sometimes that's better face to face but it's about knowing that you know it's about yeah. it's about working that out so it's not to be afraid i think of this blended learning we were going that way anyway there's no doubt about it we were going that way anyway we've just been accelerated yeah. into the future if i was going to use a pedagogical speech um, it's about engaging students in active learning and quite often depending on where they come from you know they might have been passive learners in the past and if if i was to talk about passive learning it were things like lectures reading audiovisual demonstration again all those words are passive learning and maybe what people think a university is about you know but if as we're moving as the technology we can move into much more active learning and that would be like discussion practical doing teaching others, helping others, you know, all these things that can connect us to the world in a yeah. way that we kind of never, never actually did before. And again, it's, it's about moving their learning from that passive. And I don't think schools are passive now. I don't think that, you know, they're certainly not like what when I was at school, but mm -hmm. it's about moving from that, that, that passive learning and to that active learning because that's what they're going to have to continue doing, you know? It doesn't finish when you leave university. Learning doesn't finish. If anything, for me, it was just the beginning. It's about teaching students how to learn. Yeah, You know, definitely. so they can take that away and they can take that away for themselves. That's been really, really useful and um, a nice note to finish on, really. Positive note about the future of online teaching and learning and how it all seems very different but actually there are some real positives and benefits to it so thank you very very much jane it's been really really nice to, to have you on the podcast no problem pleasure email schools at uea.ac.uk to find out what we can do to support your school okay that's it for another month thank you to lydia and james for joining us and thank you to you for listening just drop us a line if there's anything we can do to support you we're really keen to work with you on all these kind of virtual and online offers so if you've got any questions or would like any further information do just get in touch otherwise best of luck for the start of term and uh, we look forward to working with you soon that's it for this month's episode of nurturing bright futures we would absolutely love to hear from you to book a visit make a suggestion or ask us a question 
drop us a line at schools at uea.ac.uk. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>